Coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast, Dylan Cousins becomes the next young player to get paid long-term. But is he leaving money on the table? Mike and I will discuss that. And teams are back from the All-Star break. Who's coming in hot and who is leaving wins or points on the table? We'll get into all that. And it's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, and every Wednesday on the Locked On NHL channel, we break down the highs and lows of the Eastern Conference and breaking news like we're getting in the last 24 hours. Mike DeStefano is with me from Locked On Leafs. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me daily at Locked On Senators. You can find all of our hosts daily. Locked On, your favorite team. So just type that in wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube to get up to the minute local breaking news from experts who are passionate as fans. Mike, how's your week been? It's been a slow one in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, the Maple Leafs, they're off, uh, you know, off for until, what, Friday? I think they come back on Friday. Yes, they do. I know it for a fact. They got a little back-to-back against Columbus. Nice, ease, easy way to ease back into the, the final stretch of games here. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty – not much going on. Luckily, there was a lot – to talk about coming off the all-star break, not about the game, not about the skills comp, which you can spend 25 minutes just carving, but some of the other storylines that came out, Gary Bettman doing his state of union address and Sidney Crosby talking about the, the playoff format. You've got McDavid talking about the overtime format. So there's at least been, you know, a lot of, you know, bigger picture hockey topics to discuss this week. Who do you think is on to something better? Talking about switching the shootout or switching the playoff format? Playoff format. I, I wanted to go back to 1v8. Like, I don't hate the shootout as much as, as most people do. Like, if it went right to a shootout, maybe. But they are given five minutes. I think it was something to the effect of, like, 75% of the games are figured out in uh, three-on-three overtime. So, if it's only 25% of um, games that go to a shootout that had to overtime, I, I could live with it. But the one, the, the way that they have the playoffs set up right now, the divisional rounds, I think is just silly. So I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, Crosby inside with that guy. You know the Leafs would still have to play Tampa, though, right? That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But at least there would be a little bit of a race. Like, there's still a chance for Tampa to fall or the Leafs to fall. And then, like, to have the Rangers or the Devils, one of those two teams kind of come up or, or Carolina, whoever it may be, end up getting that fifth spot, but right now there's there's no chance. And and it's also, you know, who you play in the next rounds too, and then you allow yourself for, for games to get better and better and better as the playoffs escalate as opposed to fantastic opening rounds, which we get nowadays, but then rounds two, three, they typically fall a little flat, for being completely honest. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the Islanders being in it back-to-back years with that defensive system didn't exactly scream wide open hockey, but you're right. Things do naturally tighten up when you care more about defense, when there's more on the line. But I I see what you're saying there long-term. Now let's pull up the Eastern Conference standings. Mikey, I feel like now we're in the part of the season where we should be doing this every week. Just where we're at, I think zooming in on the wild card will be more important, but I wanted to start out, especially for our YouTube viewers, of just showing you Mike's point, illustrated. There's just no races. The Tampa Bay Lightning are 10 points clear in third spot. Like that one, two, three in the Atlantic set, and we're coming out of the All-Star break. There's 32 games left, and there might be minimal movement between Toronto and Tampa, maybe, but Boston's locked in at number one. You have to give credit where it's due. They've had a phenomenal season, whether it was one through 16 or this divisional wildcard format. But yeah, I'm with you there. There might be a battle still for that third spot, in the Metropolitan, will it be the Rangers? Will it be the Capitals? Could Pittsburgh, with their games in hand, make some ground as well? They got a big overtime win thanks to Chris Letang. I actually have to take a pause. I hate the Penguins as a Sens fan. They've knocked me out of the playoffs too many times. I've had some bad moments at their hands. But there was something beautiful about a Latang winner from Crosby and Malkin, right? The three guys. Yeah. How many combined years do they have playing for Pittsburgh? Almost 60. Like, oh, uh, uh, no. Crosby's in what year 18 Malkin's in 17 Latang's probably 16. So yeah, 55, I think is an estimate at least. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I guess maybe it's been that, has it been that long? I guess. Oh, yeah, five. I, guess six. Six than I thought it would be. Yeah. You're right. Either way. They've like, that's been the core in Pittsburgh. They've won three Stanley cups together. Realistically. I, I think Latang was part of that. Oh, nine cup run. Right. He was still, he was young buck at that point, but he was there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a team that's really grown together and yeah, they're in the thick of things, man. Like they're fighting. They, they, they got games in hand too, which is probably one of the things that some of these other clubs can't say they've got three games in hand on Washington sit only one point back of them. And they're currently tied in terms of points with the Islanders. They got four games in hand on New York. That's why, you know, the last couple of nights, New York been able to pick up some wins here at the all-star break. Looks like, you know, the Bor Horvat uh, bump is, is coming as advertised did score a goal last night when they beat the Kraken, but that's just like that's a, a a big hill to climb there when you're giving up games in hand and you're back a couple of points and there's only about what thirty so yeah twenty eight games left the Islanders um, I guess they could catch Washington only one point back Washington only one game uh, behind them but yeah it's, it's there's a race at least for the wild card and in the Metro but the Atlantic is dead no race completely dead now can buffalo make it interesting at least in the wild card race i look at them sandwich yeah sandwich between two teams with so many more games in hand and i'm not one to give out points but pittsburgh pencil them in for 61 they got the anaheim ducks next so that's them at 51 games played well you probably would have penciled in the Tampa Bay Lightning to pick up two points last night against the Sharks and Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson had something to say about that. So I don't know if you can pencil in anything these days. That's fair. We'll save the Eric Carlson propaganda to locked on Sharks in the Western Conference edition. But I do have to say 14 points clear of the next defenseman in league scoring. Back to the East where the Sharks are doing damage uh, in Tampa last night. And they've got the the, uh, Panthers up next and the Panthers Absolutely torched the Lightning two out of the break, 7-1. And Matthew Kachuk gets five points, ties a career high for a single game. Mark, like, 
Where are you at with the, the Panthers who all of a sudden don't look now but have points of eight in their last ten? I still don't know if the Panthers will have what it takes to get into the playoffs. Their team uh, currently right now, they're, what, three points back of Pittsburgh, four back of Washington, and um, they don't have games in hand. So they got to try and leapfrog these teams um, and basically have a, a better record than them down the stretch. I think they can do it. Don't get me wrong. I think that they offensively are capable of, of scoring four to five goals a night. I mean, we saw what they did against Andre Vasilevsky the other day. Like, that's that's an impressive night. And Matt I'm starting to put this guy in the Hart Trophy contenders race right now. Do you know what his odds are at FanDuel currently? What are his odds at FanDuel? 100 to 1, Ross. What? 100 to 1, Matt Kachuk to win the MVP, the Hart. He's looking like those old Panthers teams where Pavel Bure had 85 more points than anybody else on the team. So he's sitting pretty with 71 points. The next best player has 47. <laughs> like this is he's if he can get that team into the playoffs, which again, they're not that far out. They're technically only 3 4 points out of a playoff spot and they could get there and if he does, it's because Kachuk brought them there and we could see a Taylor Hall-esque MVP conversation. Like that could be had if Florida does end up uh, rallying here in the second half and making the playoffs on the back of Matty Kachuk. Let me put this in perspective. Matthew Kachuk could have four goals this season and he would still be leading the Panthers in points. Yeah, there you go. 23 points clear of Carter Verhage and Alex Barkov. We do have to put the caveat, Barkov did miss 10 games. So far this season with injury, Matthew Kachuk, however, has missed three games. So 50 games, 71 points. Ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous there. I'm delusioning myself into saying games in hand. Games in hand never die. Sens have games in hand. And no. until they lose them, until they lose them, until they lose them, there is hope for more locked on senators. Um, however, on that note, whenever you have games in hand, you have games to make up. And I say that in a scary tone, play the play the horror music, the Sens, Mikey, four sets of back-to-backs in the next two weeks. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that's tough. From February 11th through February 28th, they play eight games in back-to-backs plus more games sprinkled in. And a part of the reason why is they had that that storm game right before Christmas, Mikey, in the the East. So they've got a bit of a COVID-style schedule where Detroit is coming to Ottawa. And they're going to play on back-to-back nights. Two games, two days, same spot. That should make for a good, fun second game. Maybe a little bit of animosity there with Detroit having the same point percentage right now as Ottawa. Those two are basically fighting out to see whose rebuild is an inch further along than the other ones. But I think Buffalo is certainly proving that they're a step ahead. And not only for this year, the Buffalo Sabres are looking ahead to next year and sign Dylan Cousins to a seven-year contract extension worth $49.7 million. Coming up next, we're going to discuss, is it good, bad, or indifferent that the Buffalo Sabres now have Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins locked up? What's been the growth and what's the potential left in that deal? And then the highs and lows of last week in the Eastern Conference. It's all coming up. You are locked on NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by our presenting sponsor. It's the Fan sportsbook who doesn't love the fan duel sportsbook it's there that you can go have some extra on the super bowl and the nfl playoffs as a whole we're really excited 
that our new sports betting partner is FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. If you are in the States right now, new customers join today, get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. I'm not a math guy, but if you place a $5 bet and then get $150, that sounds like a steal. Take it to the bank. Just sign up now, fanduel.com slash locked on. Bet responsibly. FanDuel has you covered. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to Locked On NHL or watching on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Local experts on the biggest stories. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Mikey, you notice the shirt. What do you think? This is this is all-time fan stuff right here. Zoob. Artem Zoob. What a oh guy. I, I, so, I bring it up for a reason. Uh, go ahead. Why is that? What's the reason? Well, I was just going to give a shout-out. Daryl Quinlan, who made this. We were talking and, and, and how – the Locked On NHL Network, just how cool it is that we get to build these communities around our show. I know you and Dave do the same on Locked On Leafs, but we're actually getting a boots-on-the-ground uh, live show at the Glebe Central Pub next Friday. The Sens are in controversy league-wide, or at least taking a few shots, retiring the jersey of Chris Neal. So we're going to do a little pregame show. We're getting the whole crew out to the game, and Daryl Quinlan, the guy who made this shirt, I showed you this last week, didn't I? These, this is for the people watching on YouTube. Daryl Quinlan decided to make a little show poster for us. That's Boots awesome. on the bus. Go round and round. What were you going to say about Zub? No, I was actually, it wasn't going to be about Zub. It was going to be about uh, Nikita Zaitsev. It was funny. We were on Leafs lunch today. And I don't know how it got brought up, but we were looking at old Babcock quotes. And there was a quote out there back in, I think it was 2017, 2018 maybe. That said, uh, yeah, Jake Gardner and <laughs> Jake Gardner, Nikita Zaitsev, two pretty steady guys back there. Always play well, top four defensemen for us, yada, yada, yada. It was just an absolute debacle, just a debacle uh, of, of a conversation we had there. God, those I guys. I, I bet you could find some even older Leafs quotes from like you know Doug- Sorry, the Ron Wilson era as coach where he's just like, you know what? Joffrey Lupul could challenge for MVP. We've got Tyler Bozak, an up-and-coming player. Like, We're really ready to take a step here. Phil Kessel's a superstar. You know who Fab's favorite pet person was back in the day? Before it became Zach Hyman, it was Ron Hainsey. Nikita Soshnikov. Oh. When Soshnikov came up to the Maple Leafs from the Marlies, he treated this guy like he was the second coming literally of like like Darcy Tucker. Like he loved him as a player and spoke glowingly. We found a couple of those comments. That's actually how that came up. We're looking at his affinity for Soshnikov and some of the old comments that he made on him. And I literally said like, oh yeah, you just hate to play against this guy hard nose. He's going to be in the league for a very long time because of the way he plays didn't quite work out. Now he did include Zach Hyman in that, uh, in that same spiel to his credit. That one did work out. So you win some, you lose some. You certainly do, but all in all in good fun there. Hey, I do have to say, because we have been hard on Nikita Zaitsev, and I think they won like one of the first 11 games that he was in the lineup because he missed the first few. They had a win streak then out. 
in Nikita Zaitsev's last 15 games, the Sens are 11-3-1. Last 14 games, 11-3-1. So, well, a little stick tap for old Z there in Ottawa. Uh, I'm just trying to pump his tires for the trade deadline. You know we'll have all the trade deadline conversations right here on Locked on NHL. Mike, only three weeks from this Friday until the NHL trade deadline. So whenever your favorite team or a team that has you have interest in makes a deal just head to their locked on channel and we're going to have immediate reaction as soon as it happens from local experts that's the best part of the locked on nhl channel mike joe dibiase's having a field day not only are the sabers taking a step but now they've taken a step forward we also i mean kim pagula we do want to wish her all the best we saw did you see the article her daughter put out she's a wta like series 100 like tennis player and i guess her, her mom suffered from cardiac arrest this summer, still in recovery. Of course, Kim Pagula is one of the owners of the Buffalo Sabres. So she's still recovering. So we are thinking about her. Bit of a team of destiny, right? And then you look at, uh, at what they've done now uh, in the standings. But what, what do you think of the deal, man? This is almost $50 million invested in a player who has taken a huge, not even a step, a leap forward in his potential. Uh, love it. For both the player and for the team. You know, like I think they both realize that there is a mutual benefit to, you know, finding a long-term extension, a long-term deal that works for the player, both short and long-term, but also for the team. Like this is similar to what we saw happen years ago in Boston, similar to what we saw happen years ago in uh, in Colorado, where they decided this is our core. Let's lock them up long-term. They can't be upset about making $7 bucks, even if they outperform it, and maybe we win a cup or two. It happened in Boston. It ha- well, uh, no, they made a cup final in Boston, I guess, since those signings. They did win cups, but it wasn't on like those sweetheart deals. But they've had tremendous success. They might do it this year, in fact. They won a cup in Colorado. So I think the Buffalo Sabres, not saying they're going to win a cup in the next five, six years, over the course of the next seven, but I think that they are building the team. They're identifying who their core needs to be, and they're locking them all up. Like we saw Tage Thompson this summer. I wouldn't say we clowned on them for making that deal, but we questioned it. We questioned it a little. I think us on this show, we can take a half a victory lap. I think a lot of outlets did clown on it. I think we were very cautiously optimistic about the move. Well, it was like it was a a, – at 24 years old, had a breakout season where he went from like being an 8-goal scorer to a 38-goal scorer, and they definitely – uh, rolled the dice, and thank God they did, because now he's one of the best goal scorers in the league. It looks like last year was him figuring it out, not an anomaly, and now it looks like a bargain contract. By the way, he's making $1.4 million this season. Just like to point that out. Best bargain in the league, if you ask me. Um, but then they did the, the exact same thing with Matias Samuelson earlier this year. And again, lots of media outlets dunked on that because Matias Samuelson had yet to score a goal in the NHL through like 70-something games. It's not his game. He's a defensive defenseman. It's not what he's there to do. He's there to be an imposing top-four guy who can eat minutes, block shots, hit guys, and just be a steady-eddy guy in your own end. And that's worth more than $4 bucks. They locked him up to a long-term deal. I think that was 6 or $7 million. And now they've identified Dylan Cousins. So they've got Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, two guys down the middle who can 1,000% be that one-two punch that you need to – be successful in the in National Hockey League. They've got a couple guys on the blue line, right? They got Darlene signed for a couple more years. They got Samuelson. They got Owen Power, who's in, uh, who's still on his ELC. Uh, Tuck is still signed for another four years. Like they've really, really done a good job at identifying who they want as their core, 
getting them locked up, and then also making sure that they are supporting them with other good players as well. So Tage Thompson is signed for seven more years after this one. Dylan Cousins is signed for seven more years after this one. And all and we sometimes forget to Alex Tuck, who's just breaking out even more than anyone I think could have imagined, is four more years at 4.75. Unreal. And uh, I don't know if you saw this Joe DiBiase tweet uh, earlier today. He, they're all over. Like Them hate-watching Jack Eichel is one of my favorite things to do on the internet. So if you don't follow Locked on Sabres already, go get after it. Points in 2023. Jack Eichel, five. Ilya Labushkin, Leafs legend, six. Oh, my God. How many games? How many games? I don't know. I don't have the numbers. That was conveniently left out. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, I know Mark Stone's out for the year, and that sucks. And, and I actually spoke with um, Shana Goldman, who's a, a terrific writer for The Athletic. She targets the Vegas Golden Knights as a team she expects to take a step back and might end up falling out of a playoff spot because of that injury and because – Jack Eichel is just not stepping up in the way that uh, he was expected to do once they got their coveted number one center. So that's that. Yeah, there's a lot of people I think that are hate watching the Vegas Golden Knights. They quickly went from being the fun little misfits to uh, to a, a, a you know much hated team in the National Hockey League very quickly. Jack Eichel's played 12 games in 2023. So he's got three points in 12 games. Five points. Five. Five points, two goals, three assists. And guess what? Three of those five points came in the first game of 2023. So he's got two points in his last 11 games and he's minus 12. Nice. Nice. (laughs) God. Man, Sabres fans are loving this conversation right now. Us discovering this for the first time. Wow. I knew he was struggling. I knew he was struggling. I didn't realize it was that bad, though. Like two points in your last 11 games for a guy who was supposed to take that franchise over the top. Like he was like, they were a perennial playoff team. And I get it. There's other injuries too, which is clearly a big problem with them. Like Petrangelo's missed some time this year. Mark Stone being out, that's obviously a massive loss. But like Jack Eichel was the guy who was supposed to take them from perennial playoff team to Stanley Cup contender. That was why they gave up the massive package that they did to land this guy. And it just, just hasn't worked out it's it's i mean i was gonna say yeah you hate to see it but a lot of people people in buffalo love to see it actually i think on that note guess how many points alex tuck has in 2023 of course a part of that jack eichel trade how many games tell me how many games 16 16 games i bet you alex tuck has 14 points in those 16 games 16 points in 16 games point per game player yeah he has seven, nine assists. A first-round pick, Peyton Krebs, and something else was included in there as well. They got four pieces, I remember, for Jack Eichel. And, yeah, not looking too too good for the Vegas Golden Knights. I was a second pick in the 2023 draft. There you go. Another second-rounder. If you're the Sabres, though, you're sitting pretty right now. They also, speaking of which... They have that second rounder. That's for this upcoming draft. And they have Philly's second rounder in the wrist of line in trade. Well, that's right. Pretty well. They have four picks in the first two rounds. We talk about their prospect pool already being top in the league. 
I love Craig Anderson to death, but that's the one thing long-term they might be okay with one of the two prospects in the system, whether it's Ukapeka Lukanen or Devin Levy, who's coming out of an unreal college career. They got another kid too. I can't remember. Uh, next year. And I mean, how many times can we circle back to the Arizona Coyotes and Karel Vimelka as just being the perfect fit? So yeah. time will yeah. tell here as we get closer to the NHL trade deadline. But ultimately, Mikey, you're, you're a fan of the deal? Yeah, I think it's a good deal. Um, to- I, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a top six like centerman for many, many, many years. So certainly, I think this is a, a really good deal, and it'll age probably even better. Like he's twenty one years old at almost a point per game. Imagine what he is at 22, 23, 24, 25. Like he's gonna get better. He's gonna get better, and he's already a point per game as is. So, um, and he's a two hundred foot player too. I think that's what's you gotta count for that. It's not just the points. Also, it's the defensive value that he brings you as a 200-foot guy. So uh, definitely a big fan of the deal. Well done, Mr. Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres. You're building it right down there. Building it right. I do want to touch on why I think some of these players are just taking the bag too early. Could they be leaving money on the table, ironically? We'll get to that coming up after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? If not, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. I'm going to introduce you to my favorite flavor. It's cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So all the joys of eating cookie dough, but without the hassle of making it, plus it's even healthy for you. So run, don't walk, to built.com and snag a box for you and the family, whether it's in your kids' lunches or you're going to take them out for yourself for a run, a walk, just errands. You can find a really good hiding place too. And don't let your wife steal all your built bar. I haven't had that problem before. Who hasn't? Like all built bars, all new cookie dough chunk is covered in 100% real chocolate. You are going to love them. So whether you need a snack for your workout, ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar, and grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off. Your next order. Use promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. All right, you're locked on NHL. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Mike DeStefano. For daily coverage of us, you can follow us on Locked On Senators, on Locked On Leafs. Local experts on the biggest story. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. It's talking to Mikey how close we're getting to the trade deadline. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. Some of the players and Patrick Kane coming out and saying, I'm really going to soak in these next couple of weeks. Sounds like a decision will be made in the next week or so. What's going to happen with both Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane? Is that Buffalo native Patrick Kane you're referring to? Yep, funny how we just wrapped up talking about those savers. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just thinking aloud, you know, just just saying, just saying. The one thing is, like, they don't need help scoring goals, but, of course, Patrick Kane would never hurt yeah. what you're doing. Maybe they try to make it so they get maybe a Connor Murphy in there, a right-shot defenseman who can maybe fill a top-four role in the back end. I wouldn't maybe. mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Slide Yoki Haru down a little bit and then get a nice, you know, bonafide top-four guy. Would be awful, but we're both in the same boat. Like ultimately, they're not going to go anywhere with the goaltending, and that should be their their main priority, I suppose. But yeah, well, hey, for some fans, the priority when a player gets traded is how 
Are you going to fix your jersey up? Now, if you're watching on YouTube, I don't think you've seen this yet. This is all time. Anthony Bovillier, part of the trade to Vancouver. Look what one Islanders fan did to his jersey. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That is <laughs> too funny. So you want to explain it or you want me to explain what I'm looking at here? Go for it. All right. So as Ross mentioned, right, Bo, Bo Horvat trades to the island for Anthony Bovillier. Picks and prospects included in there as well, obviously. Um, he's got to change the number, though. I'm just saying. The number needs to change here. But some fella had the Beauvillier jersey. And the way that Beauvillier is spelt, he's French, obviously, for those who are listening and can't see. Uh, it's spelt like B-E-A-U-V-I-L-L-I-E-R. So he kept the bow, but the French version of bow, and then taped over it and wrote Horvat. So it says Bo Horvat on the jersey, but the French way, like Beauvillier, that is genius, and he deserves a golf clap. This guy deserves a golf clap for sure. That's that's hilarious. Does need to uh, put a four on there, though. It's not 18. It's 14. Because, yeah. Ross, we, as we found out, um, was it five minus one is, is four, and then four plus one is five, so he's decided to go with 14. Yeah, as one does. As one does. Yeah, it makes sense. I hate it so much. I hate looking at him in a number 14 Islanders jersey. It's just so weird to me. But anyway. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. They decided that uh, the Vancouver Canucks, that JT Miller and Andre Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev were going to take the bags going forward. Well, yeah. I mean, like, the C means nothing in the in the, in the organization. But anyway. Is, was he the last C since the Sedin? Yeah, Did they have him in between. No, no, they went a couple of years without without a captain, and then gave to Bo Horvat uh, a few years back. So it went from Madeline to Luongo randomly for a year, and then Henrik, and then uh, to Bo Horvat, and I would imagine Patterson will probably get the get the C next year with his next contract extension. Potentially, potentially, I think the Canucks would hope. That uh, handing him the C would be, uh, you know, a, a bargaining chip at the very least. Yeah, especially when you look and his salary next season is $10.25 million, which brings me to what I want to get into with Dylan Cousins and with Timo Meyer and Alex Debrinkit. It's really a trend that we saw develop last season with Matthew Kachuk using it to his advantage, right? Line A as well. I remember Line A, you could add to that list as well. One of those who had a much higher. What's that? Pierre-Luc Dubois this season as well. Yes, a much higher salary than the AAV. So they kind of backloaded the contract, which means if you want to re-up as an RFA, you got to pay up. You got to pay up. And we're seeing this now with a bunch of guys. And it's, it's you know, I think it's smart. It's a really good nowadays. Yeah, it's a really good way for them to leverage saying, hey, if I don't want to sign what you're offering long term, I'm just going to take my money and walk myself right to unrestricted free agency and somebody's going to pay me this. But what I do understand agents are also doing is leveraging it into a long term deal. You look at Jesperi Kotkaniemi took way less than what his qualifying was going to be. So he locked up in Carolina for longer term. That was a different situation, I think. He was. Also didn't live up to those lofty standards that uh, were placed upon him when he was offer-sheeted and stolen from the 
Montreal Canadiens. Everybody knew that was all out of spite, and it came back to bite them in the ass. I think even even the the deal at a lower offer, he's made like four and change on a six year deal. Even that, I think they're looking at it and they're like, "Why do we do this? This this kid's just he's just ain't it, just not it. He ain't no, no Brady Kachuk, ain't that right, Ross? Ain't no Brady. Hey, I I got some good uh, some good interaction on Twitter there. Just noticing, just noticing that at the NHL All-Star Game, three of the top four picks in 2018 were there. We saw Rasmus Dahlin, we saw Andrei Svechnikov, and the fourth overall pick, Brady Kachuk. That's right. Interesting. Interesting. It's just something I noticed there when everyone was wearing the different jerseys, that's all. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of which, the Dylan Cousins, I I keep teasing that there's just something I don't understand. Don't you think these players are leaving money off the table by signing this early? So why, why do you think that is? Like, I, I don't know if they're leaving money off the table. I think they're eliminating the bridge deals uh, and just signing long-term now. Like, the bridge deals of, like, 4 $5 million, and they're just signing for, like, seven, eight, nine plus. Like, like Kale McCarr, right? Came out of his ELC. I'm just going to sign right away at nine sheets. All right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. Right? Marner, Matthews. We're just going to sign at nine. We're going to sign at oh, nine. Matthews do it, though. Matthews only signed five years. He took himself right to free agency. Yeah, but that was well. Yeah, I guess that's that's, that's, that's what I I think more players would be wanting to do if they're going to maximize their salary. How many years did they take? What probably two years of of unrestricted free agency is what they bought up of Dylan Cousins. What? Because I I think it's seven seasons. You get your three years on your entry level, then four more after that, and they signed him to five. No, I mean for Dylan Cousins. Oh, they signed him for seven. So they signed so, three, maybe two or three years of unrestricted free agency. Yeah. I mean, they paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's that. I mean, like, why? Why? So, what's your theory here? I just think that, like Matthews, he's going to sign for way more than what he signed for last time. And Matthews might not be the best example. He is the only example when it comes to a guy who bet on himself or was willing to. But especially these guys whose contract, they aren't even done. Like, they're signing a full year ahead. Like, in Ottawa, we have Tim Stutzla. If he continued this trajectory, he's signing for more than 8.3 if he just waits even even 14 months. But it seems like they just want to lock in as early as possible which is great for the team, but then I, I just feel like some of these guys, they're like Tage Thompson. He could have played this year out, been an RFA, and 7.1 would have been a laughing offer for him at this point. Yes, it would have been, but last year that, that was a good offer. Like, I mean, in hindsight, I guess you could say if you want to go back to like Kakadiemi, right? Instead of signing him to a long-term deal at, at you know, money, you sign him to a shorter-term deal. Like, I, I don't know. I think you could double down though and still make your money. Like when Tage Thompson's deal is over, man, he's a little older, but we'll use Tim Stutzla and, and Dylan Cousins, who are both 20, 20 years old. Like when those contracts are done, they're going to be 27, 28. They could still double down on another like long term five, six, seven year deal when they hit for agency. So it gives them that opportunity to do that again. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I just, yeah, I think guys, especially, I mean, Tage Thompson's an easy example, but who, who would have thought that he's going to break out even again? Like he hit 38 goals. Everyone's like, that's great. And now it's like, hey, it's 60 out of the question. This guy just can't stop scoring. So uh, that's fair enough, but it will be interesting. I, it's an interesting trend for me, especially with Gary Bettman 
it's almost like he's he's gaslighting us every year. Like the cap, it will go up, but just not yet. Like only one million this year, but it will, it will, it will. So if that day ever comes, then teams are going to have so much more to play with. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll see that in the NHL though. People like to have security. LeBron's just a different breed. Also, I don't know. Fair. Fair, fair. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm sure Sabres fans will love this episode. We were basically just talking how great they're going to be and how great they already are. Games in hand. That's the key here. Games in hand. I'm holding on to it ever so dearly. But by next week, I will probably admit defeat. But for this week, we say goodbye. We'll hand it over to the Power Ranking Thursday and beyond on the Locked On NHL channel, where it's local experts on the biggest stories five days a week. For Mike DeStefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL Podcast, your team every day.